Your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. Father, we, uh, we ask for you to have your will right now. We ask for you to uh, reveal in a greater way than ever before who we are in you. The prayer of my heart is that you are revealing who we are in you, that we walk out of here with a new vision of who you are and so therefore who we are and how we get to be a part of that in the name of Jesus. Um, if you want to start turning to Exodus 26. So this um, really, I keep thinking that I'm going to teach a bunch of practical things on stewarding testimony. Um, this is part two of stewarding testimony, and I just believe the Lord wants us to see um, very clearly the role testimony has in his kingdom and, and really who we are as testimony carriers. And um, what happened is I ended up setting all the notes aside on all kinds of practical stewarding things, and I think he really just wants us to have... That's outside, isn't it? He really just wants us to have a better um, grasp on the substance of testimony, the power of testimony. Does that sound okay? Okay, so we're here in Exodus 26 and verse 31, and um, I'm just going to read a few verses of the tabernacle. Now, for those of you that have been here for some messages before, um, you, you should know this by now. When, when we talk about the tabernacle, what are we really talking about? Yes, you got it. Okay, so we're reading about you, and starting in verse 31, it says, you shall make a veil woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread and fine woven linen. It shall be woven with an artistic design of cherubim. You shall hang it upon the four pillars of acacia wood overlaid with gold. Their hooks shall be gold upon four sockets of silver. And you shall hang the veil from the clasps. Then you shall bring the Ark of the Testimony in there behind the veil. The veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy. You shall put the mercy seat upon the Ark of the Testimony in the most holy. You shall set the table outside the veil and the lampstand across from the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south. And you shall put the table on the north side. Now, we could teach on this for years, what I just read, and, and never gather everything God wants you to understand about yourself from what we just read and everything he wants you to know about him, and so therefore, who are you from what we just read? But I'm just going to pull a couple of things out, and I just have to warn you, we're going to dig for like the first half of this, we're going to dig into some very foundational things. And you have to track with me. You have, you have to keep going with me because it's going to lead to some, some very foundational, powerful things that I believe are life-changing if you walk with me in this, okay? Um, so I'm just going to point out a few things. First of all, notice that it says, what do they bring behind the veil? They bring the Ark of the Testimony. Okay, the Ark of the Testimony is there behind the veil. Now, what's on the, what's on the Ark of the Testimony? The mercy seat, okay? And just in case you don't know what this is, this is literally just a lid, which is also a seat, and it is this mercy seat where, see, they would understand this stuff. We have to study and try hard to get this. But they knew that the only mercy from God was when you took the blood of the lamb and it was either poured out or sprinkled on the mercy seat. That would bring about the mercy of God. And you know that ever since the fall, okay, the only way that we have the loving activity, the presence of God is in mercy, and the only way you have mercy is in the blood of Jesus upon this mercy seat. Now, I want you to notice that the covering on the Ark of the Testimony, where the blood would be poured, it's, it's a covering for the testimony. They carried 
the testimony, and that's where the blood would be poured out. The Ark of the Testimony. Now, I want to tell you about this mercy seat. If you dig into the root words that they use for the words mercy seat, it literally means uh, all the things that we think of in our salvation, okay? It's to appease, to make atonement, to be merciful, pacify, pardon, purge. All of these are in are in their understanding of the mercy seat that the blood of the Lamb is poured out on. On top of, on top of the testimony. Now let's talk about the word testimony. You've got to keep digging with me. The word testimony is, is the word I do, and it comes from a root, ood. Weird, huh? Ood. Go ahead and say it with me. Ood. <laughs> and that literally means to duplicate or repeat, to restore, and then the silliest word, reduplication. That's like a redundant word, right? Duplication is to do it again, and this is reduplication. That's what's in the word testimony. So the arc of the testimony, okay, is like, have you ever been um, with a kid and you do something amazing, um, something, some trick or card trick or, or funny body trick or something, and what, what does the kid say? Again. Do it again. And the first time they say do it again, what do they really mean? Can you do that again? <laughs> I'm not sure you can repeat that. But then as you keep doing it, you know, if it's amazing enough, the kids keep saying, do it again, do it again. Testimony is, is a faith. I'm going to show you this. It's a faith that's out in front that makes us go, do it again, do it again, okay? This, this is the arc of the testimony. Um, now I'm going to show you something. If I don't do this, then you'll start trailing off think starting to think about we're talking about a gold box and we're not so go with me to first peter in chapter two and we'll and we'll go to verse nine chapter two verse nine this is you that we're reading about and it says but you are a chosen generation you know what do this with me go ahead and say uh, i'm a chosen generation I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm his own special people. You are special. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now listen, verse 10. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had, listen, had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Now listen, we don't recognize it immediately when we're reading this, but this was being written to, to the Jewish people, this letter, okay? They would have known when they were reading the, this that it was very directly related to the Ark of the Testimony. They would have known that this scripture was naming you as the new carrier, the new place, the Ark of the Testimony, Okay, it's right in there. Do you know the primary responsibility of the royal priesthood? Was to tell the story. Was to carry the ark of the testimony. They were, they were responsible for the proper handling, for the movement, for everything that happened with the ark of the testimony. And it names right there to, to a New Testament, to, to an after the work of Christ believer, it is naming you as a royal priesthood. And, and just in case you think I'm stretching it, God was good enough to put in verse 10 to validate what I'm saying, that, that who had not obtained mercy. You see, these were a people that knew that mercy only came from one place. They knew that they were talking about the Ark of the Testimony with the mercy seat on it, where you put the blood of the Lamb. Who have not obtained mercy, but now you've obtained mercy. Go ahead and say, I've obtained mercy. You royal priest, you. <laughs> this is his big idea. Yes, he loves you that much. He is that crazy about you. All of those things that you read about the, the Ark of the Testimony was, was really just a little tiny picture of the really big you, of his plans over you. 
That didn't excite anybody. Wow. <laughs> In Revelations um, 6 and verse 9, this is, um, we've read this recently in the last few weeks and this is where the seals are being opened and it says when he opened the fifth seal I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain okay now and it said do you know um, this is literally talking about martyrdom okay granted but do you know that there's really no such thing as a Christian without death you can't read in the Word of God and, and think that you come to a place where you are out of Him to a place that is in Him without self-death. <laughs> okay? And this says, for those who are slain, and what are they slain for? For the Word of God and for the testimony which they held. Now, I want you to notice those words. It's a testimony which they held. Now track with me. Do you know what the Ark of the Testimony physically actually was? It was merely a box that carried the evidence of what God had previously done. Okay? Um, let me make sure I don't blow this apart just real quick. Yeah, we can do this. Okay, so do you know what was in there? Uh-huh. 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 Okay, good. So the rod, in other words, what? The rod was, was the, the, the physical picture of God's ability when they were in an atmosphere of obedience, right? The rod. Did you catch that? God's ability, in other words, not something that's earthly possible. It was God's ability, the ability of heaven when they were in an atmosphere of obedience, and then the manna was what? Don't, don't get this wonky and weird, okay? Obviously, the manna was provision. But now listen, it was not just like an earthly provision. They knew very well this was a bread that fell from heaven. There was a, a forepicture of Jesus Christ long before he came and did that work. It was its heavenly provision, okay? And then the tablets, right? So the word of God, the law. Who is the word of God? Okay, and, it's, and then for, for them, it was the letter of the law. It was the written word of the law, right? And for us, for the, for the New Testament church, what is that? It's the law of love. It's the law of the Spirit. Okay, that's what's in the box. Does it bother anybody when I call it a box? <laughs> Very special box. <laughs> That's what's in there. But listen, you, you have to get a handle on what those things are. Those, are. those are the representations, the reminders of God's very real, very tangible acts on their behalf that made an open heaven over them. It was, it was literally the reminder of his love that was so powerful for them that, that he actually broke the natural and made his will happen on their behalf when they were in an atmosphere of obedience. And you know what happened? The moment Jesus died and gave up his spirit to the Father, what happened? The veil was ripped, and we just read about that veil. So for the second time in history, the Spirit of God went out of that place and for the second time in history was hovering over the earth, over the face of the waters. Why? The first time, where do we read the first time the Spirit of God was hovering over the earth? In Genesis, when God was about to create stuff, <laughs> right? The Spirit of God is hovering over because Creator God, the Spirit of Jesus, the one in whom all things exist, He was about to create Anybody want to be a part of creating with him? Okay, when Jesus gave up his spirit, the spirit of God went out over the waters. Scripturally, waters always represent peoples. Okay, so the spirit of God goes out of that place and, and the spirit of God is looking for a place to dwell. In other words, there's a new place for what? The Ark of the Testimony. That's you. 
There's a new place for the carrying of testimony. Now, we've got to get this straight. We've got to really be clear on um, what the Ark of the Testimony was for them. Because we could start to think that it was that um, it was just a ritualistic, you know, they just they had to carry this box with them and and it was it was just like a religious thing. Do you know that even in the Old Testament, God was not religious? <laughs> I don't know, I just got to throw it out there because it's easy to kind of go down that road, but he always had genuine relationship in mind from like day number one, right? He, he wanted to make physical pictures of what his real intentions over our life is, but um, he's never going to be, what's religion? Religion is form without power. We go through motions without the presence of God in it, and that, that's religion. That's the enemy of relationship, and God was never interested in form without power. Do you know that? Okay. And so we have to get, get a fine point on what was the Ark of the Testimony? What was, what was it that they carried the testimony? Do you realize, um, and we, we could spend, like I said, we could spend years studying this and we're not because I have to tell you what God told me to tell you this morning. But um, you realize the, the testimony that they carried. When it moved, they moved. When it stopped and camped out, they stopped and camped out. Okay, if they had it out in front of them when they went into battle and they were in an atmosphere of obedience, they won. When the ark went first, they gained territory in the establishment of a heavenly kingdom on earth. In other words, what? The ark of the testimony was literally their weapon. It was not just a box or, or a ritual. The testimony, the knowledge of a God who's capable and loves them enough to make his ability available to them, the testimony was the weapon for everything God accomplished. They ultimately conquered the promised land by keeping testimony out in front of them. That was their weapon. You see, when the testimony of Jesus is carried out in front of you, you're an effective people of faith. Do you, do you know that when we, as the people of God, begin to lose, begin to lose sight of testimony, we begin to have a distant God, or we forget his very active and powerful love that, that breaks out on our behalf, um, do you know that we, we begin to become a faithless community? Oh, we have faith in Jesus, but what's being accomplished? You see, you lose sight of testimony. That's not what's out in front of you. The very real ability of God for those who know him, in other words, who have known his love on our behalf, out in front is what releases the power of heaven for us. Okay, let's talk about that a little bit. Go to Revelations uh, 19 and verse 9. Actually, verse 10 and the end of it. Now, we taught on this um, either last week or the week before, so I'm not going to go through this whole passage. I just want to read for you one crazy set of words that God spoke here in his word. And he said, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Why is that? Do you know that the testimony of God is the testimony of Jesus, period, right? <laughs> the Trinity, but one God, right? All the testimony of the goodness, of the love of the Father, the love of Jesus, the love and ability of the Holy Spirit in this place is the testimony of Jesus. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now look at this. Um, do you know that as God creates testimony 
for one. That, that it begins to grow in the people. It begins to create a faith, not in an idea or a religion, but it begins to create a faith in an actual personal love of someone who wants to have the ability of heaven break out before us. The advancement of a kingdom through you happens as faith builds. You know, the entire uh, chapter of Hebrews 11, which I think we're going to read portions of that, before we're done. But you know, it's an entire chapter of talking about the fathers of the faith. And, and over and over and over it says, by faith they achieved, or, or by faith, actually I don't have the right word, it's by faith they um, acquired, what's the word? Does somebody have it? Obtained. That's the word I'm trying to get. By faith, they obtained. And by faith, she obtained. By faith, he obtained this. You see, by faith. So why was it that they took the Ark of the Testimony and they were instructed to keep it out front everywhere they went? You see, it's because does God need it to be out front in order to accomplish anything? No, that they needed it out front. And a God who loved them so much knew them. He loves according to knowledge. He knew his people would need that. They would need testimony out in front in order to have the faith that obtains. By faith they obtained. In fact, I'm going to skip. And if you don't have this verse, that's okay. I'll just read it. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And we, we studied this pretty in depth uh, in the recent past here, but literally that might translate as um, by, by faith in submission to um, the belief that we have expectation in God. That's literally how that translates, by faith. Literally set under or in submission to an expectation in a capable loving God. That's what that says. The evidence of things not seen, in other words, the business or work of the kingdom, for by it, by what? By faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. Now what that literally means is the elders, if you look at the actual words before translation, the elders became walking testimony. Why does testimony have to be out in front of us? <laughs> because it's not, if it's not, we really are going to have a hard time with faith. We really are not going to be a people that call forth what he wants us to obtain for him. See, and I'm, I'm just going to tell the story. I'm going to be transparent before you for a minute. Um, nearly two years ago or something, um, the Lord asked me to have an inner healing session w with a person. And what you have to know is I really hadn't been deeply engaged in that for, I'm not even going to guess how many years, for a long time. Okay, so here's the truth. So I'm going in, I, I have just enough of a memory of God's goodness loving people that way bringing freedom for people like that and health in deep places for people like that. But I'm going into the session fairly terrified. I'm kind of like the kid where, going, um, where when I say do it again, I was really asking like, will you do it again? <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of going in with a little bit of trembling because I'm about to sit there with a hurting person who needs the love of God and I'm going, God, will you do it again? <laughs> well let me just tell you the end of that story he did it again so very powerfully there was a ridiculously transformed life in Jesus okay but now let me tell you what happened why I'm telling this it builds testimony 
<laughs> it, puts a, it puts a knowledge of God out in front. The weapon, not just a story, not just something that God did once, but you understand what we're building here is an accurate understanding of testimony and who you are in that as a child of God, as a holy priesthood. You carry the testimony and testimony is literally the weapon of the kingdom that makes for the taking of ground. It's not just a story, okay? You understand that the testimony that you have, the actual love of God that breaks out in power because he loves you crazy like that is what you have to carry with you to, to have powerful prophetic the testimony of Jesus is, is the prophecy. How does it read? It's prophetic because it's faith in, in a knowing of him, not a religious idea, but it's faith in a knowing of his love that you keep out in front of you that creates a prophetic calling forth that invites the community to believe with you and call out in open heaven. To call out, when Jesus said, when they said, how shall we pray? And Jesus said, uh, pray that the will of heaven is done on earth as it is in heaven. He was saying, pray that you become a people that call out what I'm trying to do in the earth. And the way that he had them do that was by keeping testimony out in front of them. The things of the evidence of God that creates faith in the people of God. The kind of faith that says, where you come up to a hurting person or whatever the need is in front of you and you go, and because of testimony that's always out here in front of you, you're able to go to that person and go, I think he has a breakthrough for you. I think he wants you to have healing. I think he wants to open that door. And the other person says, why do you think that? How do you know? Because he's done it for me. <laughs> because I hold a testimony. I know him like that. He wants to do it for you. I know him like that. And then you can grab the poles together. You can go, come on, here's a spot on the pole. Carry the testimony with me. I'll go with you. I know him like that. Does that make sense? The testimony out in front of us makes us a people of expectation. Why do we expect God? Because we've seen him before, because we know him like that. And we know that he never goes backwards. He's made stories of love for me. That's the only reason I have anything to offer anybody. He decided that I am an ark of the testimony. I carry the power of God because he's loved me before. You see, you know what people think? They think that the gospel is that we come to love Jesus. <laughs> so who chuckled already? You already know what I'm going to say. The gospel is that Jesus loved us first, that the testimony is out in front, and all we ever do is follow after it because we've found that there's nothing else to follow after. <laughs> you see, testimony moves. It doesn't sit still. The Spirit of God says, my ark is going to move from here to here, and we see it go, and we go, oh, I'm going. <laughs> That's where I'm going. Nothing's going to happen over here if the testimony's moving over there. So we've got to become a people that, really, that we realize that testimony is not just a story. It's literally the power of God that you hold to change people's lives because that's what he's up to, changing people's lives. Uh-oh. Okay, we're going to do this. Go to Matthew 18 and verse 18. 18, 18. It says, assuredly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Meditate on that one for a while. <laughs> 
at first it'll, st if you've never done it before, I'm just going to tell you how the progression was for me. At first it just starts weird. You know, one of them scriptures where you, you read that and you're like, I'm sure that means something to somebody. <laughs> it's probably good. <laughs> and then it moves on from there and all of a sudden you start to feel the royalty in it. You start to realize that's a certain type of authority that Jesus just spoke at me. <laughs> let me get a handle on this. Now, let me tell you something. What did that just say? It said, it said, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you understand what that's saying? His love over you is he's picked you to unleash heaven. <laughs> Can you get a handle on that? See, Okay, if he made a physical picture with the Ark of the Testimony, and that's a picture for us, that's, that speaks truth over us as the new resting, the new temple of the Spirit, right? Are we tracking? Okay, so imagine when they, when they took the Ark of the Testimony and their battle plan was to march around Jericho with it. Um, you understand they weren't asking for something that was possible. <laughs> And it's a really weird battle plan. You see, let's do this. Um, you know that God calls you to the impossible. In fact, do you know that if your prayer life is filled with praying for things that you already have, things that he's already promised to you, in an eternal sort of sense, you already have them, and that's what your prayer life is filled with? I can almost promise what will happen. Your prayer life will become religious. It'll become really empty. I mean, you'll, it'll become like a duty where, well, I'm going to go through, I'm going to go before the Lord and it's time for our prayer time. Church, bow your heads. I'm telling you that's what'll happen because if you're not praying for things that require heaven being loosed, then you're not giving God anything. You're not creating any testimony. <laughs> we win by testimony. They only ever won by keeping testimony out in front of them, by growing the testimony. Now, I don't know if they knew what was going to happen when they started marching around Jericho. I think they had a very real faith that he was going to come through, but I think they were carrying the box like this and they were going... This is weird. I still have no idea exactly why we're doing this or how God's going to accomplish this. I think they were shocked when the walls fell. <laughs> I really do. But what did they have? They had faith. They had testimony out in front of them. The ark always went first. Do you know what else that means? Let me picture this. There's a whole, there's hordes of warriors behind a couple of guys with the box and they're like, Okay, go ahead, guys. <laughs> right? And they're going into a battle without a weapon. They had the weapon. The presence of God is the weapon. The knowledge of a God who loves us so much and has the ability to actually do it is what they carried. And they would be out in front, each with a person on the thing going, all right, we're marching. And the warriors would be behind going, go ahead, we're right behind you. <laughs> right? Now, imagine this. I'm going to give you one more picture as long as we're having fun. You know, they were to carry the ark across the Jordan, the beginning of the conquering of a kingdom, of a land for him that he wanted to establish them in. And um, the quick version, you know how the story goes. When the ark moves, just like always, they're supposed to move. When they begin to carry the testimony, you keep it out in front of you, a distance far enough where everybody can see it, because we need everybody's faith here. And they would begin to move, and when they stepped into the river, the water would stop flowing. Now, if you research this, you know that um, we've talked about this before here, I think, that it was a time of the year where it really it would have been treacherous. It would have been like mountain streams in the spring. Um, so a scary thing. Now, imagine that what they decided is that just one priest was going to do it by himself. Let's call him Bob. They're going to have Bob 
be the one to carry the testimony before them. And the rest of the priests are watching going, you got this, Bob. And you wouldn't even be able to pick it up by yourself, right? It had rings along the sides with poles down each side. And so Bob would be trying to do this thing and they would be going, just, just believe in yourself or believe it. You, you can do this, Bob. And he's trying to get to the water. It's a ridiculous picture, right? God made it so that priests would come together and carry the testimony, the weapon for the conquering of things for God, the weapon that unleashes the ability of heaven over anything we do. Priests would come together. You got a spot on the pole. Grab your spot on the pole. Let's carry the testimony. In fact, I think I was supposed to keep reading. Go to verse 19 there in Matthew 18. And it says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. I hope you get a, a picture of them carrying the ark. You know, let me ask you this. If you were really in a dire situation, anybody ever been in a really dire situation? Okay, when you're in that place... Do you want a bunch of uh, one? Let's start like this. Do you want, what would you rather have? Let's do multiple choice. A, you have one very timid person come and pray for you. Or B, you have a few timid people come around and pray for you. Or C, you have people come around who are absolutely certain that they're the royal priesthood of God, carrying the testimony of God because they know him this way. Come around and begin to declare an open heaven over you. C, good choice. Good choice. Don't send Bob. <laughs> Gather the priests. And, and let's just get this straight. I, I think we said this already, but who's a priest? Okay. Gather yourselves on things. It's very difficult. In fact, God purposely designed the Ark of the Testimony so that it could not be carried by one person alone. In fact, we've had this. this I want to give you a, a practical example of how this looks in our life, okay? Um, I, I always protect the identity of, of new people that are stepping up into leadership until they get established. It's just respectful and fair. We have um, one ministry where we're, we're actively um, raising leadership for it. So it would be fully staffed so that it can just have the full outpouring of God's blessing on it because that is where we're going. Why can I say that? I've seen him do it before. <laughs> I have a testimony. Okay, so here's how this story goes. Um, we already have one truly amazing person, one of the most amazing kids of God, who stepped into a leadership position for this ministry. And um, we're having this conversation where we're talking about, well, we could do this and there could be this person or whatever that could, that could step up and help. And, and, um, and then I just sort of explode with this and I say, you know, I've seen God. We should wait. We should just, we should pray for the impossible. We should just, we should wait and pray because I've seen God provide the person. I've seen it. And, and she's saying back to me, I've seen it too. Okay, we're going to wait. And we, and we start praying together. Me and this ministry leader, over time, we just start praying. And every time we see each other, I'm going, I'm waiting. And she's going, I'm waiting too. And we, but we know, but we were able to say, we've seen God do this before. We could grab the poles of the testimony together and start walking because both of us could say, I know him like this. And we could, you know what else you can do? You can start to invite people in. There's space on the pole. You can take somebody who doesn't quite have that testimony yet and you can say, come on, grab the pole with us. <laughs> we know him like this. And then God comes through. And then God comes through. 
Did I give you 2 Corinthians 13? That's okay. I'll just read it. Okay, we studied this one recently too, but I just want to pull this into what we're talking about this morning. Um, well, I'll keep it simple. Verse, uh, verse 1 in this chapter, is it starts with, this will be the third time I'm coming to you, Paul speaking, and he says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Now, we studied this recently, but do you understand, this is, um, we're building this communal idea, okay, by the mouth of two or three witnesses. You will find this throughout scripture. In other words, what? As we, as we keep the ark of testimony, as we keep testimony, in front of us, and we walk together, we begin to establish a culture of faith and expectation. Does that make sense? Do you understand how, how God, God breaks out and he does one thing, and you still have people like that child going, do it again, right? Until and It takes time. Testimony grows until you begin to have a people of faith who are like, who, who have a faith where they know him that way. Where the do it again is out of compassion, not, not lack of faith or curiosity. It's out of compassion. They see, they see that same type of need, the need for that same type of breakthrough, and we have become a culture where we expect God to move in this way. The testimony moves over here, and we're like, we're like wow, it's moving over here. We expect God this way. Eventually, God is going to give me permission to teach these practical things <laughs> that's going to tell us how to steward because let me just put this out there. I want to build your anticipation for this teaching. Do you know that more than anything else in the scriptures, the instructions around how to steward that box <laughs> is, is probably second to none, right? How to, how to move it, what to put it behind, who, who carries it, how and when, what, how, how you are clean when you approach it. It's, the instructions are unbelievable. Why? Because they were the instructions for you. Okay? The, the most valuable thing God ever created, the thing that he is most in love with, you. So you know you understand when we talk about stewarding testimony, what are we talking about stewarding? <laughs> you. You. You are that royal priesthood. You are that royalty. You are the container of the testimony of a great God. You're the ultimate weapon <laughs> for the advancement of a kingdom. Why does he invite you to advance the kingdom with him? For your growth? That's true. Why does he invite you to advance the kingdom with him? It's his good plan because he's nuts about you. <laughs> because he wants you to be with him. He wants you to do it with him. He picked you. That's the other thing kids say. Pick me, pick me. There's one who did. <laughs> who picked you. <laughs> I was always the last kid picked. Well, we won't go there. <laughs> There's one who picked you, who's nuts about you, who said, will you carry my testimony? That's what we're slain for. For the word of God and the testimony that you hold. Why would you be slain for the testimony that you hold? It is the power of God on this earth to cooperate in, unleash the desires of the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't know, I will probably never fully know how this works, but one thing I'm certain of after I study this and after I, after I have a lifetime of, of fostering a relationship with the one I love the most, with Jesus, is I'll tell you this, for some reason, somehow, in this whole idea of dominion, your will releases the will of heaven. I'm just telling you, he's, he, he loves you like that. And it, it's because of love. 
Your will releases the will of heaven. If that's not humbling, nothing ever will be. Okay? I can't even explain it. I just know that it's true. If you study this word of God, your participation in the, in the will of heaven is absolutely essential. Because his entire plan from the beginning was his love for you. He could have easily designed this without your participation. But he didn't. <laughs> he's crazy about you. And he's calling us to be a people that say, I believe he's got a breakthrough for you. I believe he, he wants a relationship with you. How do you know that? Because he did it with me. <laughs> I believe he wants you to be healed. How do you know that? What makes you think that? Because he's healed me. I believe he wants you to be free from this bondage. What makes you think that? Because I've seen it before. <laughs> he set me free from the demonic. That's how I know. <laughs> I hold that. <laughs> I take that with me. You take that with you. What has God done for you? I think there's one more thing. <laughs> if I can find it. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. Did I give you Romans 10? Oh, good. <laughs> I love when that happens. Um, let's do Romans 10. Ah, let's start in verse 1. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Did you catch that? It matters. <laughs> I wasn't even going to, I didn't even notice this when I was preparing, but now I'm just like, it matters. <laughs> they have a zeal for God, but not a knowledge. They don't actually know his way, who he is, his way. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Listen, now, now we're getting to why I pulled this out. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Thank God. Okay, now listen, in verse 5 it says, For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. Okay, what was in the Ark of the Testimony? <laughs> the law, the man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven or who will descend into the abyss. Listen to this. This is contrasting where it said, for Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. And verse eight says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Okay? Direct parallel. They would have known instantaneously, the readers of this, that we're, we're talking about the Ark of the Testimony here and a transfer from the box <laughs> to you, to your royal, uncontainable, fully loved, fully secure position as the one that God picked to carry the weapon. <laughs> the power that they carried around the walls of Jericho and they accomplished the impossible. He calls you to the impossible. He picked you for that. The word, <laughs> you hold it. The word is in your mouth and in your heart testimony testimony is a substance do you know that okay I'm going to leave that alone okay <laughs> let's pray stand up with me if you'd like to be prayed for and you can you can sit and be prayed for too we allow that
<laughs> Lord, I know eventually that you are going to start teaching us some practical things about stewarding this testimony. But I just, I just thank you that, uh, that first you want to build a people that, that just truly understand who they are as it comes to your testimony. You told us that what we bind on earth, you bind in heaven, and what we loose on earth, you will loose in heaven. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus right now, in the power of the Spirit, I just pray over everyone here. First of all, I bind anything against this word in the name of Jesus. I bind anything that steals identity or steals royalty or shuts down faith in the good plans that you have in your body right here. And in the name of Jesus, we ask for an outpouring of blood on the mercy seat. And we ask that you would loose heaven over your people this morning. Unleash your ability. Make testimonies. Father, we are asking you to make testimonies as we hold out the love that we have from you in our past and we just keep that before our eyes we ask you to build on it release testimony in the name of Jesus be making the stories of your greatness that we hold so we can move forward and bless people with the same comfort you give us make mind-blowing testimonies in the name of Jesus father I pray that you are healing families I pray that you are blessing ministries, ministries that they don't even know that you've stored up in their hearts yet. In the strong name of Jesus, pray all these things. Most of all, Father, I pray that nobody would walk out of this building today with any doubt whatsoever in your tremendous love over them, in your good, good plan to pick them and pick them first, and design them for everything that you have planned over their lives. Father, I pray that just even right now you'd be pouring love over lies that scream against your love. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray these things. Amen.